salutations. How are all our lovely listeners this week? I hope that you're okay. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode with me, Lindsay Garvey-Jones, here at Unfunk Yourself, a place to unfunk, talk freely and reset. Gosh, what a few weeks it's been. We are slowly starting to emerge and I am seeing loads of pictures on social media of people enjoying their pints in pub gardens and going shopping at last. But a huge amount of people have returned to their gyms, myself included as well. And it was announced to me by my wonderful PT to be hashtag Gym Dependence Day when we went back last week. And I loved that so, so much. And this gives me a prime introduction to our guest today. He is a personal trainer owning a well-earned Bachelor of Science degree in human nutrition. He is a registered nutritionist and a natural bodybuilder and is a muscle model for PCA, the Physical Culture Association. To me, he is the epitome of what a gentleman is. He knows his satoriuses from his gluteus maximuses. I get all of these Latin lingo thrown at me when we do our PT sessions. Please let me introduce you to Mr. Henry Barlow. Welcome, Henry. How are you? Good evening. Very well, thank you. Very well, thank you. And good evening to all your listeners as well. I hope they're all well and enjoying some of the sunshine. Oh, it's been such a wonderful few days. The sunshine makes our hearts happy and no doubt makes your personal training sessions even happier. I bet your clients love working out in the sun, for sure. Yes, it's, it's been a dramatic improvement. January was, was rough. The weather was very cold. The wet is the worst, um, but yeah, the snow, not so bad. Obviously, from a footing point of view, the snow becomes a slight issue. But, you know, we're, we're able to work around that. And my, my dedicated clients have been able to achieve success through these conditions. So that's been that's been it's been a privilege to be a part of that as well. Absolutely. Thanks, Henry. Henry, just to kind of give everybody a really good insight to what you do, can you share with them what a typical week looks like, what it is that you actually do with your clients? Because it's kind of, there's several prongs to your business, isn't there, with the nutrition and the PT? Yeah, of course. So, uh, so yeah, generally a, uh, a week will look as if we're going to do, we could usually I'll do six working days. I'll have my day off, one day off a week where I'll generally run most of my admin uh, and keep top, I keep on top of that and keep on top of my business plan. Um, during our, during our sessions, uh, we have different phases of development for each client, obviously depending on their background and what injuries they may have. Um, a lot of the training I like to try and do is, 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 is geared in the direction of sustainability and helping to improve mobility and function of the human body. The human body is the most fantastic tool that you're going to be able to get your hands on, and we're all very fortunate to have one of those. Um, and so is I try and aim to get allow people to enjoy their human body as much as they can. So once we've built a nice stable base, we then progress on to some more strength and performance um, relevant training. And, uh, and then obviously we have our nutrition side of things, which we can run alongside this. And uh, it's dependent on the individual whether they want assistance with their nutrition. Obviously, I give guidance during our sessions, but then I will also write nutrition plans as well to tailor that to the individual as well to help them achieve their goals. So that would be what a typical sort of working week would look like generally. I am testament to some of this planning and progress and 
it's wonderful how Henry manages to push you each session and gets the best out of you. Um, I am guilty that I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks because I have been back to the gymnasium. Um, but he marks down my PBs and it's always a bit of a, a high five. Well, during COVID, it's been like a top elbow, hasn't it? Um, an elbow punch um, to receive these. But he, <laughs> <laughs> he keeps a very close eye on progress and one of the things that I love is that you're very detailed about the muscle how it works what it's doing and the benefit to what it's going to be like you know how it's going to help me in the long run because I had an injury in October so we had to go very slow with that but you're very good at doing that I like how you do that no oh, I appreciate that but yeah with regards to obviously going into a lot of detail I like to try and uh, coach people how I would like to be coached myself and so that there's sort of an education standpoint behind it I like to explain what's going on before we go into the movement so you can understand and appreciate what the muscle's meant to be doing and what benefit that's going to have for your body and how that's going to help to change your your posture um and and all sort of all fit, fit, fill in all the gaps basically so that you can really appreciate what your body's capable of doing essentially Yes, Henry makes you strong, strong as an ox. I, I love the work that you do. Now, Henry, um, you didn't get to be where you are now without some magic happening. Will you walk us through your journey from, I believe through our conversations that you were born and you grew up over in the West Country and um, to where you are now? Because I'm really keen for our listeners to know about your early influences and that you um, you went to university. Not everything was a bed of roses, of course, and that, you know, there were different outcomes that you had to go through. Will you walk us through that journey for us? Yeah, so obviously I grew up on a farm back in uh, back in well in the Devon Somerset border on a lovely place called Exmoor. We like to call it the Shire, uh, the beautiful rolling hills. So yeah, I grew up there, um, and uh, obviously sort of having a love for the outdoors and sort of doing quite a lot of physical stuff on the farm growing up as a boy, climbing trees and chopping wood and all that good fun stuff. Um, and then heading on for, heading on into into school, I really enjoyed really enjoyed my sport. I think foremost, I really got into my got into my cricket firstly, and then uh, as I got older, I started to really enjoy rugby. And then that's where that sort of delivered me into the gym, where sort of the 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 strengthening of the body to help improve your performance on the rugby field became particularly apparent. And that was that became my key focus. There was sort of training to help improve my strength so that I could perform better on the rugby field. And that very, very rapidly sort of uh, tied in the elements of nutrition as well. I suffered an injury during my school uh, my, my school days when I was uh, trying to play rugby to a reasonable level, and that sort of that sort of knocked my knocked my uh, rugby playing during the during the during the last sort of year of my sort of um, year at school. So that was a, a big big sort of warning signal to me about how important it was to sort of have all these warm up movements. And make sure we look after our joints properly. So it was a shoulder injury that I suffered. So that has come back to bite me even now. So helping to make sure that we really keep on top of our shoulder mobility, as Lindsay will tell you, we, we keep on top of that, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, so from there, that really sort of um, allowed me to start to appreciate some of the aesthetic principles as well as the performance. And, uh, and so I was sort of primed and ready on arrival at university to follow that through into uh into into where my my bodybuilding career started um up in newcastle um and sort of appreciating how 
the different styles of training from performance to helping to improve your aesthetics and how one should pose and all these other different things I never thought I would ever get into. I don't think I ever would have done that if I'd stayed in Devon, that's for sure. So that was a, a very different experience, a humbling experience. I think you, you definitely learn a lot about yourself um, as you start to diet down and get into that calorie deficit. So that was a, it was a key, mo- it wasn't necessarily I found physical challenge behind bodybuilding the physical side of it I found was easy I think if you can if you can take yourself to the gym and you can train or you can take yourself on a run you can definitely do the physical side of what it takes to prepare for competition but the dieting side of it and the whole psychology and the 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 mental battles that you will find down that road uh, that was what drew me back to it because I found that I could learn so much about myself uh, at that point and so uh Falling in love with it, then obviously, you know, I quite like to try and teach other people what I've learned and hope that they can help them also. So, yeah, so that sort of delivered me sort of more or less where I am today. Obviously, from an education point of view, I think I always enjoyed the sciences a lot more than more than my other subjects because it allowed you to sort of appreciate what was going on, um, particularly obviously with the human body and what's coming in from your food. Um, so initially when I started at university, I was doing biochemistry and uh, that did, definitely did not really float my boat. It wasn't really my interest. I mean, initially I would have liked to have been a vet. So the biochemistry was, yeah, it was definitely a big signal that it was, I was definitely going down the wrong road. So I got stopped on my path and turned in a different direction, which led me towards nutrition, which was definitely where I, I found that I, 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 I flourished a lot better and I really enjoyed doing nutrition and hence why I still do it now and uh, yeah so that pretty much brings us up to date with that journey really. Thanks Henry if you what advice would you give perhaps to somebody who's at university who finds themselves on a course that they're not particularly enjoying and they're finding it a real struggle, what advice would you give to them to perhaps encourage them not to quit or to go on and do a different course perhaps? Yeah, so I think um, you would have to have a look at obviously how you're, how you're performing on your course and, and I think ultimately, are you enjoying it? And I think that applies to most other things in life. If you're, if you're enjoying it, then you're probably in the right place and if you persevere, and you enjoy it enough, and you're passionate about it, you'll, you will find a way to make that a success, and you'll find a way to make that, um, you know, you, you'll find a way to make that, turn that into a job for yourself that you can continue to enjoy into the future. However, if you're not enjoying it, and I think if you're, say, for example, if you're doing a course at university, and you're not enjoying it, and you're not doing well with the course, I would definitely encourage you to take a step back, have a look at your options, what are you enjoying in life, what are you not enjoying in life, and try and move your focus towards the things that you're enjoying in life and see where you can maybe turn that route into a career. And I think you'd enjoy that a lot more. And I think there's a lot to be said for sort of being able to sort of be positive and happy and and, and be proud in what you do. And I think I would definitely look down that route if I was, if I was, yeah, if I was at university in that situation again. Thank you, Henry. Very useful and wise advice. Now, listeners, let me tell you something. Henry has a really brilliant confidence about him. He's very precise. He's very clear. He's reliable. He's organized. And he has some of the most beautiful standards. And we always think that Henry's been to some kind of finishing school in Switzerland or something. That is obviously learned because not everybody has the same set of standards that you've created in your your own culture, in your own business. 
where did you get that from? Who instilled those standards into you? Because they're brilliant. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, I think it was growing up on the farm. My my father ran a uh, a B and B, uh, and I was quite young at the time. And my dad was very keen to sort of get me involved in the kitchen and with the guests, which was I think was a very very beneficial experience to have as as a young child growing up in the middle of nowhere and you're fortunate enough to have these these strangers coming from all over not only just within the country but from all over the world coming and staying in your home and so having the opportunity to sort of conversate with these people and learn about how things were going on in the kitchen and and uh, and then see the standards that my father was setting from the from the offset and how he was proud in his own business i think that sort of set in stone for me quite early on that you know, generally speaking, if you're going to do something, do it to the best of your ability and be proud in it. And if you can't do that, then again, that sort of goes back to the conversation we just had of sort of, you know, if you're not enjoying it, you know, then you're in you're in the wrong area. So, yeah, if you're enjoying it, take some pride in it and make it as make it as a, 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 a put it to the standard where you want it. So I think that's probably where that initially came from. And then also my family history was uh, both my grandparents. Uh, my grandfather was a, a doctor and he founded north devon hospital and he was the chairman of just about every every club going in north devon at one point and then my other my other grandfather set up i think the first wind farm in the country and he was very much so they were both quite outgoing individuals who have very high standards of how things should be so i think there's probably some some sort of genetic thing going on there as well but my personal experience of sort of setting standards and taking pride in your work definitely came from back home on the farm when we had had the B&B back in those days. And yeah, no, there was a, those were some good days. Every little minute detail down to the wine list that my dad printed himself um, and, uh, uh, and and handing that out to the guests in a sort of a leather, a leather bound, I can remember it now, a little green leather bound booklet that my dad had these things pressed in, which was, yeah, so every little detail just, I, I think just made that difference and adds to, adds overall to that overall experience. And that's what it's all about, really. Well, I think it's magnificent that you get these kind of standards within a business. And that's fantastic. Thank you for that, Henry. Would you say that you were influenced by your grandfathers in in a lot of ways? Who who influenced you in other ways through sport? And you said that you did cricket and rugby. I think definitely, I think more, more so through, uh, through rugby, obviously, there's a lot of Definitely a lot of camaraderie that that I experienced on the rugby field more so than I did when I was playing when I was playing cricket. I, I definitely took my rugby a lot more seriously, and there's a lot of camaraderie between you and your friends to 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 to, to, to again set high standards of what we expected of one another. You know, at, when you're when, when you're when you're playing, it's you know it's your duty to look after each other and make sure you know if one person makes 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 a mistake, then you know you're all going to suffer from that. So it's all about being able to set high standards but if we get something wrong you know you do it's it's all about positive reinforcement again so you know obviously there's no point just yelling at somebody if they make a mistake because you know it's not going to exactly fill them with confidence and as soon as you lose confidence in a situation where you're on the rugby field you're more likely to make that same mistake again and I've certainly done that before so that was yeah that's 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 been funny but uh yeah no I definitely feel that you know my, my colleagues and friends I had on the rugby field were yeah definitely we set high standards there and then there were influences obviously you know we grew up through a time where there were quite a lot of you know rugby superstars coming through obviously we had Johnny Wilkinson who was fantastic and again was absolutely diligent with everything he did and how he practiced how he trained 
it was you know everything had to be to the to to, to the dime it had to be bang on the money so um yeah so you know him firstly obviously when we were very young and then as you sort of grow up you start to see further afield of rugby players coming up through uh, from New Zealand uh and uh and and, and appreciating the skill set that they have and the, and the standards again that they set and so that gives you sort of an idea of the dedication and what it takes to 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 to, to be to, to to be the best at your game but obviously that is a very different level but it's all relevant to the individual and what you're trying to achieve and if you can find a way to take take away from from what some other people are doing and they're they're finding success in then and you can apply it to your own life in the direction you want to go in absolutely it sounds like it served you very very well and henry during lockdown particularly this time around the last one that we've had you grabbed your equipment you held sessions outdoors and we did this in all weathers as we've already talked about and i remember doing this in pelting rain and it was the most refreshing thing that i've ever done so it was really good um when you could really have just stayed at home, watched TV, got on with life until the world opened again. And what mindset did you have to adopt to make it happen? Was it just not an option or was this um, an absolute determination thing or was it like, uh, this is something that you have to do? I think it boils down to something I like to tell myself every now and again, so make a difference. So in this instance, I know that if I could provide a service that people are going to enjoy and that are going to allow people to continue to progress on their fitness journeys, I'm, I, you know, I'm making a difference to those people. In terms of my business, obviously, it's making a difference for me and helping me to project myself further into uh, the, the, the further along the road where I'm trying to travel. And so, you know, in those two elements, it's making a difference, and also in myself and for my own sort of psychological well-being. And I'm still being active and. And, and 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 working and you know being being cognitively present because i think it's very easy just to sit back and watch things on on uh you know on on netflix other streaming sites are available of course but um yeah you can you can go down that rabbit hole as well which i think yeah in, in lockdown one i definitely did um but then again during that lockdown it was very it was very different and then i had to come up with different ideas to try and keep myself occupied as I'm sure we all did we all find ourselves doing different things you know DIY re-landscaping the garden by hand doing uh recording podcasts um and uh of course being physically active I think all of these things you know are it's all trying to find a way of, of of progression and I think us as human beings we all crave progression and I think it's very good to try and important to have that in some way shape or form in your lives so boiling back to Oh, going back to obviously this this most recent lockdown, you know, obviously the weather was definitely not favorable favorable for us, and there were days where obviously you know of course I'd have been rather snugged up in bed, but you know we were we were we were out there making a difference. So um, you know I think I think that's what definitely sort of spurred me on to get through that for sure. But you had to really go back to basics and go back to the study books because the equipment that you have at the gym where you can use, you couldn't have because you can't carry some of that equipment under your arm. What changes did you have to make so you were able to still facilitate clients, still conduct a PT session, but with minimal equipment? What changes did you have to make? So, yeah, so that it, it was good because in lockdown one it landed me in that situation where I didn't have a lot of resistance available I was more fortunate than most because I have I do have some some kit um 
but obviously it's nothing like what you have in the gym. So obviously you have to go, yeah, go back to the drawing board, do some research, find out what movements I can do that are going to be more effective, trying lots of different things. So essentially I sort of plugged myself up to be the guinea pig in this operation and try out all these different movements, um, different movements to be done with resistance bands, body weight, you name it, a whole plethora of things that I tried. And, uh, you know, from that checklist, I found out what movements are effective, what can be done with no equipment, what can be done with resistance bands, what can be done with free weights. And then where is our best combination of, of, of the lot of those? And so that was a lot of experimentation that went down in lockdown one. And then also as we sort of progressed onwards, I found different ways of performing different movements that I found would more, much more effective and cre create a greater level of intensity. And, um, you know, obviously when we're using machines, we're able to get a much better emphasis on certain muscles without necessarily having that stability factor, which with free weights, you're always going to have that stability factor. But there were ways that we could change a movement just slightly and we could get a greater emphasis and target a particular area of the muscle more than anywhere else, which which was definitely a, a real bonus. So in any, you know, this situation forced me to sort of expand my horizons um and my training 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 knowledge a little bit more so i think without that i would not have discovered some of the movements that i now use regularly and uh yeah i think it's definitely been very beneficial not only for my clients but also for myself as well absolutely i am testament to how painful it can be a few days later after using just bands on legs arms chest Wow. One simple thing is has an enormous impact on working out your muscles. Fantastic. And all credit to you for being innovative with the equipment and thinking out of the box and experimenting with different things to help you and to help your clients. So well done, Henry. Well done. Now, I much. really want <laughs> I really want to get some advice and top tips for our lovely listeners because mental health is intrinsically linked with nutrition and being physically active. Now, most people start to groan and roll their eyes when they go, oh, God, got to be active. And this isn't about smashing out a marathon every day. This is just about having the, you know, whatever you can do movement-wise for people who want to get started, if they're at the start of a journey, or if you're like me, you go through highs and lows where, you know, depending on where you are cyclically is in your cycle, you know, you, you, you eat a lot and then you become really drained. And then what advice have you got for people who struggle, want to start, people who've hit a wall for nutrition and physical exercise? I think... You know, I think firstly, don't don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it. I think doing doing anything is better than doing nothing. So whether you're just going to go for a walk today, or you're just going to do a set of push-ups or some sit-ups or crunches or a couple of rounds of plank, you know, just just a little something. And if it's something that you can get in the habit of doing every day, and you just do a little something, and then you can maybe you know expand your horizons, try something a little bit different, and then you can expand gradually. I think there's it would be it's not sensible to think that you can go from you know from not to 100 obviously very very quickly and suddenly go in and doing you know squats deadlifts and bench press yes you can 
And obviously, if you know, if, 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 if you can do that, then that's great. But obviously, if you find that you're struggling to get out of the blocks, then just doing these little things to help you on the way is going to help you to build more confidence and, and, and allow you to enjoy what you're doing a lot more. And I think I'd also like to touch on the topic of, of uh, motivation. And I think motivation is a term that gets thrown around a lot these days. And you hear people saying a lot, I don't feel motivated. And I think they they will they will say comment on somebody else who's who's training or doing this or doing that and say oh, how do you stay motivated and I would so from my own personal experience the, the feeling of feeling motivated I would say probably appears in my training maybe ten percent of the time the rest of that ninety percent of the time I don't feel motivated to train I don't necessarily want to do it but if I think about it too much I'm probably not going to do it. I think in that essence, it's just think less, do more. You know the plan. You know what you need to do. So just stick to your plan. If you start thinking about it, oh, no, but it's going to be hard or it's going to be this, then that can really, really put you off from starting. And so I think in that essence, sort of think less and do a little bit more and just try just something, try something a little bit different and spark a bit of intrigue into, in, in, into that area of your life, whether it's training or nutrition. I think with nutrition as well, I think it was, uh, yeah, a lot of people get scared about counting calories and weighing things out. I think that's a very dangerous road to go down personally, especially if you're starting out, because that's really going to put you off. Who wants to weigh out every single meal? And from a longevity point of view, that's definitely not the way to go. You know, it's all sort of it's all about building a relationship with food, enjoying your food, sharing the food experience, cook with some friends, cook with family, enjoy what's going into the meal and sort of build that into an experience where you know, you're, you're not going to be like, oh, no, I, I shouldn't be eating, I shouldn't be eating that, you know, realistically, everybody knows what they should be eating, really, and, you know, if you're getting a nice balanced meal, and you're enjoying cooking it with your family and with your friends, and you, it's an experience that you can get behind, and that's where it's going to become a, a life-changing uh, behavioral change, rather than just a, an eight to 12 week fix, which is not going to hold you in good stead, you know, come six months down the line. I think that's really good advice for our listeners. Now, listeners, if you want to get in touch with Henry, he is available on Instagram. What's your handle? How can people connect with you on Instagram? What where they find you? Yeah, so it's it's, it's Henry Barlow Fit UK. So you can just reach out to me on Instagram. Feel free to drop me a message, and I will be. It will be my pleasure and honour to help you in any way that I can. But yeah, that is the best place to get hold of me on there. Thanks, Henry. I know that you uh, bake regularly through lockdown with your sister. You get yeah. on the camera, don't you? And you bake together, you cook together. That's yeah, a really yeah. good way of doing it. How has that helped? Yeah, no, that's been really, really, yeah, it's been been, been nice to have something to in, in, engage with with her over that isn't, uh, you know, it's, you're, not, you're not just phoning up for a chat, like we'll have a chat and we'll bake, we'll do something that's active and proactive together. And, you know, she gets to learn you know you learn a bit how food how food works and 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 again it's all about enjoying that process you're developing a relationship with food and you're enjoying it together and you know you know that's what meal time is all about you know when you you know when you're younger and you look back to sitting down around the table having a nice dinner together at christmas for example you know a lot of us weren't fortunate enough to have a big family christmas like we would usually do this year so i think it's really outlined the importance of that and that sort of camaraderie around the dinner table and, and around cooking and around food and the role that food has to play in that it's very important so 
yeah, being able to do that with my sister has been 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 a, been a real privilege. So yeah, and no, it's been really really good fun and sort of seeing her enjoying it and she's sharing it with my granny and my family. So yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, it makes it yeah, it's it's a lovely experience. And so yeah, I would I would encourage everybody to you know get your hands dirty, do some cooking, you know, do some baking, get involved with it, do some gardening, you know, get you know grow your own stuff. And uh, yeah, it gives you a real appreciation for you know your food and where it's coming from and and uh, you know how much more enjoyable it can be when you make it yourself well that's wonderful henry thank you i want to take you in a different direction now because i want to talk to you about your natural bodybuilding i want to dive a little bit deeper into that was there a temptation perhaps to compare yourself to others where does your mind and your emotions have to go to in order to compete because there's a complete journey from deciding on yes i'm going to do it to then getting on stage onto the podium and starting to pose will you take us on that journey of where you started and and where your mind has to go yeah so i think so so yeah so so firstly sort of talking about comparing yourself to uh other people i think yeah obviously when you all start obviously you think oh yeah i want to look like this or i want to look like that but then obviously as you start training and your body starts to develop you learn that your body is 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 beautiful and unique in its own individual way and we all have a unique set of attributes and our, our muscles are tied in different ways our muscle bellies are with different sizes and lengths um is all very unique to your individual so you're not necessarily going to look like that person that you want to look like so you might as well try and look like the best version of you and so that's where that goes from that point so you start to learn that quite quickly or I found I learned that quite quickly as I started to to, to to make progress with my sort of um my my, my bodybuilding now I want to talk about um men's mental health and it's not very much talked about or it's I would like to say that the conversation is getting normalised, especially this year over the last 12 months with lockdown and mental health being absolutely at the fore. We're very acute now of the feelings of ourselves and those around us and people have been regularly checking in. What more do you think could be done for men's mental health? I think obviously we're all starting to make that big movement now, particularly in the male community, to talk more. Um, I think for most people, I think the damage has already been done a bit earlier on. And I think that it, obviously we we need to have a preventative measure in place for obviously, you know, the young people who are going through that stage now and sort of normalising, talking about how they feel and, uh, and, and, and making that a very normal conversation and allowing people to express themselves in the way that, you know, they want to express themselves, whether that's through, you know, through art, sport, academia, um, and uh, I feel I feel expression for human beings is really important as well. I think that everybody's got everybody's got something that they are good at and that they enjoy and I have a passion for. And that should definitely be celebrated. So, um, you know, I think with 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 regards to, to, to men's mental health, we were recovering, talking about it more openly. And I feel like, you know, expression is something that we haven't really looked at in too much detail yet. And I think that, you know, I think that's something that gets missed is that you know sometimes people are just looking for a way to express themselves where they might not necessarily want to be uh where they might not necessarily want to be judged and you know that should that should that should be okay um so i think with you know with regards to men's mental health yeah the other thing i think is very important is having a bit of you time and that's something that gets overlooked a lot and i think 
it's very easy to you know help other people or you're doing this at work but having just a little bit of time that is away from everything else so for me personally that is you know walking my dog at dark o'clock in the morning by myself and I have the park to myself we're in the dark I have a head torch on it's a it's 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 a funny it's a funny outfit but you know that's a bit of time that you know the dog and I have together and that's a bit of me time where I just let myself reset I sort of mentally was sort of structure how I'm going to go about my day um and I find that that's very important for my sort of mental clarity particularly in all the chaos of this modern world and the stuff that we've gone through especially in this year having access to some green space and being able to get out there and just go for, just go for a walk and stretch my legs first thing in the morning sort of uninterrupted and watch the sun rising over the the sleeping city that was London at that time um you know was, was a certain privilege and I think that you know, if you're if, if you find yourself in a position where you're struggling with mental health, I think I would definitely ask myself, what am I, what are you doing for you? And I think that, that you know, for me, that's something that I'm doing for myself. I think health and fitness is one of those things that it's one of the very few things that you can do, which is which is which is is just for you. It has no impact really on other people, but it is something that you can do, which is a gift to yourself that you can do just for you, and that's going to help you to have a better quality of life, not just tomorrow, but for the future to come and so that means that you know when you're you know when you're in your 60s 70s you can run around and you can play football with your kids you can climb that tree and you know those experiences are going to be worth so much so I think yeah I think a balance between being able to talk about talk about mental health openly an area where you can express yourself where you can enjoy that and bit of bit of bit of bit of me time I think those those three things would be the, the three things I would use to try and target target a mental health issue if I would find myself back in back in back in that seat again, or use that to make sure that you're keeping yourself on the straight and narrow and you keep you keep your sights set on where you're trying to go. Wise words, Mr. Henry Barlow. Thank you. Now, many people get towards 45, 50, and thoughts very much start to turn towards purpose and fulfillment and giving back and you're half of that age and you show that mindset and the standard and the wisdom of somebody much older and that is a credit to you what is it that drives you the, the thing that drives me personally is you know you know my long sight goal is that I want to be able to you know provide an environment which I can be proud in and I can raise my own family in and help to give my children opportunities that I was able to have access to uh, but in their own way where they can find whatever it is that they're good at and they can excel in that and that will be that would be something that I want to be able to be there for and experience to be a part of and I think that that should be something that 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 more other people should be sharing and I think you know that is such a key driver for me and that's that sort of what I really what really is the sort of the end goal and so being able to give something back is such a privilege because I think one of the one of the biggest gifts that we have as human beings is our fantastic ability to learn and to be able to have experienced something and be able to teach it to somebody else that then benefits them and they can pass that on to somebody else is a is a is a is a, is a, is a fantastic movement and uh, you know you can just helping one person you don't know how many other people you might be able to help and so by being able to give something back, particularly to the younger generation, if it's something that, that might benefit them. Obviously, in this ever-changing world, there are different technologies that even I haven't got, got used to yet, but there are other things that I know that I can hopefully pass on to others who will benefit from that. 
So I think that is the key driver for me there, is to give give something back which might help somebody else. Good. Henry, how do you relax? Cooking is definitely very relaxing. Baking, I find relaxing and stressful in equal measure. <laughs> um, I definitely enjoy reading. Um, and uh, in the evening, I will make sure that I give myself what I call a sort of decompression time. So before I go to bed, I'll make sure that I switch off, you know, no phones, no TV. And I give myself at least half an hour to sit down with a book and to get lost in my book with a nice cup of tea before I go to bed. And I just get lost in in a book and uh, just something to take you away from from the here and the now just to give you just a completely different sort of perspective and sort of give your mind a break and thinking about everything else that's been going on for the day and get lost in a, in, in, in a, in a fantasy um and uh, yeah I, I found that that's been 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 really nice to sort of round my day off on a nice note ready to start the next day and to have that as a daily thing to look forward to just half an hour where I get to sit in the chair with the dog at my feet and have a little read for half an hour I think makes 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 a, makes a big difference for me that sounds like a double-edged sword to me because if I had a cup of tea before bed, I'd be up at three o'clock. That'd be me gone. No tea for me before bedtime. Maybe I'm drinking the wrong tea, but yeah, this this one, this one, this one's a herbal tea with lavender flower in it, so it definitely it definitely sends you to sleep. It's quite potent stuff. I'll give you a tea bag next time I see you. <laughs> Do you know what, Henry? Listen, listeners, he's 25. Can you believe that we're talking to a 25-year-old and he's got lavender tea and everything else? He's so eloquent i love it um Henry, <laughs> what, what is next for you what's the plan what's the vision well the plan for me would be to you know to to to, to expand and um to, to to progress down that road to being able to you know provide that environment where i can where i can raise my family so you know next step for me would be to have my have my own have my own space where i can potentially expand my business would definitely be something that i'm looking at for sure and ideally i'd be looking to achieve that in the near future uh, from that, would, I would then be progressing on to the next step, which would be moving back to the West Country uh, or somewhere similar. Um, you know, returning to a bit of bit of bit of green space where I can sort of combine my uh, my, my my passion and love for fitness and that industry with the hospitality hospitality industry that I was raised in, and try and combine the two. Which would be my my goal from a business perspective would be able to to get hospitality and fitness together in one place and be able to have food and source and grow and rear my own food on the premises and get that into a, a, a sort of fitness setting and I think that would be that's a serious goal of mine that's what I would like to do so it'd be a similar environment to the one that I was privileged enough to grow up in but but obviously with that obviously that big element of fitness and the important role that that has as well so yes yeah, so that it would be that that is what the future is looking like at the moment so fingers crossed things play out in my favour and uh, I, can, I, can, I can make that all happen. Well, I hope that we will be your first guests when that happens because sign me up, baby. I will be there. <laughs> it sounds yep, we'll, have a, we'll have a room ready. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Now, Henry, I like to wrap up our podcast sessions by asking our guests what they would recommend to listeners, if it's a book or a podcast or a social media account that you love and you always go back to, what would you recommend to our lovely listeners? So I think social media for me has been something that has, uh, it comes with a lot of sort of uh, positives and negatives there's lots of fantastic stuff on there and there's a lot of negative stuff and you obviously obviously everybody follows the stuff that they like 
And uh, that there can be anxieties tied up within that, of course. And I think that's that can be unhelpful. Something on social media that I have found in the last year or so where I have found that's just taken me away to somewhere just, you know, just fantastic where I can just relax and uh, just 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 chill out has been just been Monty Don's uh, Instagram page. And I think if you don't follow him, I would definitely follow him because there's nothing there's nothing that's too deep about anything that's going on. It's just pictures of the garden, pictures of the dogs, pictures of flowers. And it's so simple. And I think the beauty of simplicity is so, so just overlooked and not appreciated enough. And I think that Monty Don really brings that to the table. And yes, I think it's important that we should be mindful and everything else. But I think that being able to just enjoy just a little moment, just to sort of appreciate, oh, that is that is gorgeous. Or, you know, why is this dog looking like that? And uh, oh, his dog looks so much like mine. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, I think from that point of view, yeah, I think his 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 Instagram page is is fantastic. So I would definitely recommend that if you if you're finding that your 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 Instagram page is looking, you know, is starting to lose its diversity and you're not finding as much positivity there as you would like, then uh, I would definitely look down that road. And uh, yeah, I find it definitely definitely provided some positivity for me, and it's something that I I look back to. And uh, yeah, now we'll be watching Gardener's World on Friday night. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, well, saying that, we are off to RHS Wisley on Monday, so that I'm very much into horticulture and nature. I love all of that stuff, so I'm with you on that score. Henry, if you could visit yourself in a time machine, come on, let's get in, let's get comfortable, we're going back in time, and you could visit your 12 or 13-year-old self, what would you say to Henry, aged 13? Age 13, I would be saying that, yeah, you've got a, yeah, there's, 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 there's some, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of bad things that are going to happen quite soon, but there is a lot of good stuff that is to follow in 10 years time, but you've got to get through, you've got to wade through the mud to get to the pastures green on the other side. So hang in there and follow your dreams and follow your passion and you can make it happen. And I think. I wouldn't I wouldn't wouldn't like to I wouldn't like to try and change anything else because I think it's all very important to have gone through all of that that followed. I agree with you because most people have parts of themselves that they wish they could have done better or said something better or not have had happened. But you know what? Out of everything, I don't think most people would change it because it does make you into the person who you've become. And that's growth. And it teaches you things and it brings you resilience. It brings you confidence and courage. Um, yeah, well, well said, Henry. Now, I hope that all of our wonderful listeners have enjoyed getting such a deep insight into the world of Henry and enjoyed his top tips for nutrition and physical activity. Don't forget, you do not have to be running marathons. You don't have to weigh all of your food. A little and often is better than nothing at all. Thank you so much for being on our journey with us. And until next time, be kind to yourself and those around you. Bye bye for now.